Hey, Mama. I know getting meals on the table for your family can feel tough, especially finding weeknight-friendly meals that everyone in the family will love. There's a good chance it's why you're here, at least I hope so. Helping moms take the stress out of feeding their family is my biggest passion. It's why I share with you here, and it's why I created the Healthy Mama Cooking Club. If you've ever wished this podcast came with a weekly done-for-you dinner plan with a shopping list and meal prep tips, or maybe a recipe library with over 200 family-friendly recipes, cooking tips, how-tos, and hacks, well, it does, and it's all in the Healthy Mama Cooking Club over on Patreon. Starting at just $3 a month for access to our 200-plus recipe vault with printable PDF recipes, or $5 a month for weekly done-for-you dinner plans, plus the recipe vault and bonus podcasts every month, the Healthy Mama Cooking Club is the dinnertime solution you're looking for. Head to patreon.com slash healthymamachris or click the link in the show notes to try it out for a week free and join over 130 other busy mamas making weeknight meals work with the Healthy Mama Cooking Club. I can't wait to see you in there. All right, let's get on with the episode. The word nourish means doing something good for yourself that makes you feel good um, in the moment and in the long term. Living a healthy, balanced life as a mom can sometimes feel impossible. With tiny mouths to feed, butts to wipe, and so many things vying for our attention, it can be easy to feel like we're in an on-again, off-again relationship with healthy living. But it doesn't have to feel this way. I believe every mom is a super mom, and you deserve to feel like one too, and you don't have to go on another diet to do it. Join me, Kristen Dovniak, holistic nutritionist and certified intuitive eating counselor for conversations on what it means to live a healthy, balanced life. I want to help you uncomplicate eating, improve your relationship with food, and live like the supermama I know you are. Hey friends, welcome back to the Healthy Balance Mama podcast. Kristen here, holistic health coach and certified intuitive eating counselor. And today I'm so excited to share an interview I did with Kelsey Lorenz from Simply Nourished Home. Kelsey is a registered dietitian, mom of two toddlers, and author of the Simply Nourished Home blog. She has a passion for simplifying nutrition in a way that is accessible and exciting for everyone, whether you're short on time, money, or like me many people, both. And just like her bio says, we dug into all of these things, starting with Kelsey's non-diet approach to nutrition and why she's passionate about maintaining that approach, but also why she shifted her business in the last six months to focus more on food blogging and simplifying nutrition and her passion behind that. We talk about taking the pressure off of getting meals on the table for her family, her passion for budget-friendly dinners, and balancing running a business with two littles at home, which I think is more pertinent now than ever. So I'm so excited for you to jump in to this conversation. So without further ado, here's my conversation with Kelsey. Hey, Kelsey, welcome to the Healthy Balance Mama podcast. I'm so excited to have you on. Yeah, thanks so much, Kristen. I'm so excited to be here. So I already shared your bio with my listeners, but I would love if you would just start by sharing who you are and what you're passionate about sharing with the world. Yeah, absolutely. So my name is Kelsey Lorenz. I'm a registered dietitian. um, And I really had a uh, whirlwind journey since I became a dietitian. Um, Starting clinically, kind of what you're supposed to do, really, really, really 
did not enjoy it at all. <laughs> um, and found that so much of our healthcare system is really focused on the idea that thinner is better and everyone needs to lose weight and everything was so weight focused. And, and that was so against, um, my beliefs, um, at the core. So instead of finding a new career and going back to school, I, I found that I could practice in a different way. And so, um, yeah, so then I went ahead and started my own private practice, um, around mm, maybe March last year of 19. Um, and so I kind of started that journey as a business owner, um, which was great because it works so much better being a mom, um, of two little kids <laughs> kind of running my own show instead of having to show up, um, for another company. And so, yeah, um, I think I maybe answered that. I'm not sure. No, totally. And I can so I can so relate to that as I've got two little ones as well. And I can't even imagine. I love working and I love what I do and I love helping women, but I can't imagine like balancing it um, if I had to go work for someone else. And I know that's so many women's stories, <laughs> but it's right? it's so it's so cool to be able to share your message with the world while also being a mom. Right. And it, it was, I was spending like two hours a day driving and it was oh crazy. Gosh. So yeah. So, so working from home and just really being able to, to practice, um, when I had my private practice, just being able to practice in the way that I wanted to. So helping people realize that, you know, health and wellness and, you know, finding your own happiness is so much more than what you eat and how you move and moving the number on the scale. Um, and I think just getting that number out or that message out to people and helping people kind of make that shift in their lives um, was it was very fulfill fulfilling for me to do that as opposed to, you know, clinical dietetics work, which there is a need for clinical dietetics. It's just not was not my world. <laughs> yeah, no, I love that you have that you know, that message kind of at the core of everything you do. So part of my story is that I did go through the nutrition and dietetics program through school, but I ended up not taking the RD route just because I didn't want to work in clinical nutrition. And I was told, like, there was this whole story behind, like, them like scaring me out of private practice and telling me that, like, that just wouldn't be an option. I'd never be able to make money at that. So I ended up going on a, a different path and ended up working as a chef and then doing holistic nutrition and finally finding my way back to this, you know, non-diet world myself too. But one of the reasons, one of the things that had turned me off initially was that so much of it was so focused on changing your body and having struggled with food for so long. I'm like, I can't very well like sit here and just tell people to, you know, what I felt like at the time, like abuse their bodies by, you know, just forcing themselves to eat too little and exercise too much in order to, you know, fit this ideal, right? So it's, uh, it's so interesting to hear somebody else who has like a similar, uh, similar background who went through all that, but then you right. moved forward as a dietitian going, no, there is another way. And I think that's so great and so powerful. Well, I think what really pushed me is my whole experience with dietitians growing up was not like that was not my image of a dietitian. I grew up, my sister had an eating disorder ever since I can remember. And that was the type of dietitian that I knew, um, mm -hmm. the dietitian my sister had seen for her eating disorder. And so it was 
when I started the dietetics program, I'm like, wow, this is so different, but I know it doesn't have to be like this. And I think when I started, I had that initial, like what I was eventually going to do was do it my own way and have my own business. Um, it just really morphed a lot differently than what I thought it would. Yeah, that's so cool. And it's cool to to see your journey. So I've been following you on Instagram for some time now, at least a year, if not a little bit more. And you've always put out great content. And you've always talked about this non-diet philosophy that you have. And this, and I love hearing that this has really always been at the core of what you've done. Because I think that, um, you know, there's, I mean, in both sides of the story, no matter, no matter what your journey is to come to this world of sharing, you know, nutrition and health or whatever in a non-diet way. Everyone's story is valid and different, but I love that it's at, it's kind of been at the core from the start for you. Um, Mm -hmm. But your, your material, your content has shifted a lot over the net, over the last year. So I'm wondering if you can kind of share your journey to starting Simply Nourished Home and kind of where you are now and how that transition happened from having that private practice and how you kind of shifted to the business that you have now and what you want to share with the world now. Yeah. So if any of your listeners have been following me. I used to be under the handle Graciously Nourished. Um, and that was my private practice name. And I really, I really felt like, okay, so if I'm going against the grain, right, if I'm not taking this diet centered approach, then this is what I have to do, right? This is how I have to form my business. I have to do the coaching and I have to help people in this, um, in this capacity of, you know, helping them get out of that diet mentality and working with people with disordered eating. Um, and I thought that that was kind of the route that I wanted and the, and the route that I needed to go if I was going to, you know, go against that grain. Um, but the more I got into it, the more I realized that while I am super passionate about the non-diet approach, um, the coaching just was not for me. Um, it was really hard for me to be on all the time. And it's really heavy stuff. <laughs> and I'm sure you know, you know, working with clients is just really heavy stuff um, that your clients bring to you. And it just personally, for me, it was hard. Um, it was hard to get through. And so I just I felt I almost felt like it was kind of choosing that like starting my day of okay, so this is the day I'm seeing clients and I'm going to end my day feeling sad and depressed and I'm not going to be able to be there for my family. Like it was just too hard for me to disconnect Mm. from what was going on with my clients. Um, And I know, I don't know if that's like my empathetic, you know, core or what, you know, what it is. It was just, that was super hard for me to do. Um, And I think that as a dietitian, you just think that that's what you have to do. Like you do coaching or you do counseling, like that's your job. Um, but the more I kind of learned about the online space and what other dietitians were doing, um, I saw that I could take my you know passion for helping people adopt this non-diet approach and use it in a way that wasn't necessarily one-on-one coaching and it you know wasn't that counseling, um, but could still impact a lot of people and still be really helpful. Yeah, I love that. I love that you recognize in yourself that this isn't working. And if it's not benefiting you and your family, even though I'm sure you were doing incredible work with the women you were coaching, that's not balance, right? It needs to it needs right. to work for you and your family. And I love that you recognize that this isn't the only way 
to be able to share that message with the world. There's more than one way. And I think that's kind of the incredible thing about the online world, right? Is that there's so many different people doing different things and sharing their approach in different ways. And I think, you know, one of the things that I love is sharing about, you know, the my passion for food and my passion for healthy living, but in a really balanced approach and which, which can be unique because I think it, it does sometimes feel polarizing. Like you have to either do it one way or the other way. Right. And I mean, that was, it was kind of a hard shift for me. Like as a dietitian, you know, I said, that's just something that they, you kind of think that's what you have to do. And so kind of realizing that in myself, it, I went through a lot of, is this the right career choice? Is this, you know, is this what I'm supposed mm-hmm. to be doing? But because um, it was it was just hard kind of giving my all to my clients and then not feeling like I had anything left. Um, and so I, last November, um, I decided to stop taking new clients and made the shift to more of um I actually closed down Graciously Nourished, so that's I'm not doing anything with that website anymore. Um, I changed my handle to Simply Nourished Home, and am really focusing on helping people um, realize that they can, you know, spend less on and stress less about eating well. Um, and eating well is really, however, that means, you know, whatever that means to a person. It's it's not a diet. It's no. Um, restrictions or anything like that. And I cook all sorts of foods. So it's, you know, not, not all um, any certain variety or restriction or anything like that. Um, and just helping people realize that eating well doesn't have to be complicated. It doesn't have to be hard. It doesn't have to be expensive. Um, and it's something that really can just be a part of your everyday life without having to overcomplicate things. Yeah, totally. You're so in alignment with everything that everything that I believe and everything that I want to share too. And I love that. I loved seeing the shift in you know, your business the last few months and seeing what you were putting out there and seeing that you still have this non-diet, really balanced approach at your core, but that you are exploring this new way of sharing with people and sharing through food and sharing that it doesn't have to be complicated, which I think is so many women come to this world of, okay, I want to, maybe they're new moms or they've got a couple young kids and they're like, I want to live a healthier life and I want to nourish myself and I want to nourish my family. Maybe they've heard that, you know, dieting doesn't work long term, but that might be the only way they have in their head that they can get healthy, which is so sad to me. But I'm hoping that, you know, more dietitians like you and intuitive eating counselors are getting that message message out there in the world slowly, but surely. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but so, so as a mom, why do you think it's important that we approach this idea of nourished living with this non-diet approach? Oh, I think that, and I know you you had mentioned, like from the beginning, I've had this non-diet approach and it's really been the core of, of who I am, but, but until I had kids, it was not. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I struggled with disordered eating, um, not an eating, not a clinical eating disorder, but definitely disordered eating, um, patterns and habits. And when I got pregnant and found out I was having a girl, um, not that it matter, not that it would matter, but I, I grew up with all girls in my home. Um, I have two sisters. When I found out I was having a girl, it was like this overwhelming sense of, I have to do right by her. Mm. And that 
really made me call out a lot of kind of the BS that I was telling myself or the um, patterns that I had. Um, and slowly but surely, you know, there was a huge shift in how I talk to myself, how I view things um, for myself and how I viewed food and how I fed my family um, because I didn't want her to grow up with any bad feelings about her own body that I had passed down to her. Um, I think that they get in, you know, we get enough of that from the media um, that in our own homes, it should be, you know, as positive of an environment as we can make it. And our kids pick up, our kids pick up much more than we ever would want them to. <laughs> um, yes, way much, so much more. Um, so, you know, just like my, my daughter likes to discipline her little brother in the same way I discipline her. Um, I, I wouldn't want her talking about herself in a way that I used to talk about myself. Um, and so I just think it's very, you know, the best that we can do as moms, we always do the best that we can. Right. And, you know, no one ever approaches it as like, man, I'm going to do a, you know, half job. (laughs) Um, so we all do the best that we can, but just having, you know, positive wording around food and positive wording around our bodies with our kids is so important. Yeah, absolutely. We need to learn it ourselves before we can really truly pass it on to them. If we want them to look at their bodies a different way, if we want them to look at food a different way, we have to start, we have to start with us. So, oh, I love that. It is really powerful having a girl too. I have two little girls and I had always kind of pictured myself with boys. Mm -hmm. And then when I was pregnant and I found out that I had a girl and we actually found out that we were having a girl like way late. I'm a planner. So I really wanted to know what I was having and she wouldn't show us at the ultrasound, (laughs) like that 20 week ultrasound. And I was like so distraught. I remember waiting there in the ultrasound room for like they let they let me go in and then they let me wait until they had an, the next available appointment to check again because <laughs> I wanted to know so bad. And then she didn't show us again. We waited for like hours. My sweet husband like sat there with me thinking I'm crazy, which I was. And uh, and then later on, they they asked me if I knew, and I was like, No, can you tell? And I remember a similar moment where they were like, Oh, you're having a girl, and I was so shocked because I did not think I was having a girl. And then, you know, it took me a long time after having her to really find my own place of balance but I almost feel like it's a gift to have a girl and to be able to pass on what I know now what I didn't before or when I didn't when I was a teenager absolutely it and I honestly when I found out I was having a girl I was terrified because just like you for some reason I thought I would have all boys I think it's coming from a family of all girls I'm like well I'll be the rebel and have all boys <laughs> um but I was terrified and now now it's like my whole life has probably changed quicker because of that moment Mm, yeah I love that so can we then talk about what it means to nourish ourselves but in a non-diet way so then how do we start incorporating health into our lives and figuring out what that means for us especially as moms with little ones who want to see ourselves nourished as a family without turning it into rules or restrictions. Yeah, I think that this is something so many people struggle with, um, especially as they start adopting 
like the non-diet approach or start working through intuitive eating, um, it's, it starts to be the feeling like you have to choose one or the other, you know, you, you, oh, I can't have the vegetables because that's like a diet thing or, or, mm-hmm. you know, kind of having to work through those internal issues. And, and I think, um, I, and I just, I really like the word nourished. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's a word I've used a lot. And I really like it because I just feel like the word nourished means doing something good for yourself that makes you feel good um, in the moment and in the long term. So it's not, it doesn't have that negative connotation that healthy does for a lot of people. Um, but when we talk about nourishing ourselves, it's more looking at foods that are going to make you feel good, right? Um, Looking at foods that are going to um, benefit you in the long run and having them in a way that is pleasurable, right? It allows that room for enjoyment of food because that's what so many people miss when they're stuck in that diet mentality is they feel that they can't enjoy food or um, find pleasure in what they're eating, that that's somehow bad, Um, but that's, I mean, if we can't enjoy food, <laughs> I don't know. I Food's one of my, one of my pleasures. <laughs> I mean, as humans, we've got taste buds, right? We wouldn't have taste right. buds if we weren't meant to enjoy our food. And I love that you're sharing that. You know, we can nourish ourselves now and in the long term, but we can also enjoy our food at the same time. There is, there is that middle ground because it does oftentimes feel like you're either healthy and oh my gosh, I hate how healthy has this negative mindset now because it's healthy. We all want to be healthy, but it really does have, you know, everyone has their own view of what that looks like. So I love that you veer towards the nourishing, doing something good for yourself now and in the long term, rather than whatever this view we have of healthy might be. Right. And and it's individualized for everyone. Like that's one of the things I really realized as I was working with clients is that what's good for one person is not good for another person. And even in my own life, I mean, I didn't exercise for almost a year, (laughs) like none, no exercise for almost a year. And I didn't feel bad about it because (laughs) Because it happened after I made that shift. If this had happened like before I had kind of gotten myself out of that diet mentality, I would have beat myself up over it and I would have ran myself down. But after I had my son, he did not sleep. And so the way I took care of my body was by sleeping, by resting whenever I got the chance. And exercise would have been just extra stress on my body that I didn't need. Like that wasn't good for me in the moment. And I think that that's something a lot of people need to make that shift to realize like what is good for you at this phase in your life, what's good for you at the moment um, and not, you know, stressing yourself out because you have to do, you know, check off your list, all these things to make yourself um, quote unquote healthy. Yeah, totally. And I appreciate that message that, you know, you are someone who cares about living a nourished life and you're a dietitian and you're a mom and you want to nourish your family, but you didn't work out for a year and it was okay. And you are okay. And it was because you were leaning in to your health and your nourishment in another way. I think it's so important that message that 
nourishment isn't just about the food that we eat. Sometimes it is about moving our bodies. Sometimes it's about not moving our bodies and allowing our bodies to to get that rest too. I know that um, my husband has been traveling for work a lot more lately. He's a professional sailor. And so he w- traveled uh, last week or about a week and a half ago for 10 days. And I worked out and I love to move. It took me a long time to find a, a healthy balance with um, and healthy in the sense of like what balance looks like for me with movement so that I wasn't overdoing it. And I think I worked out twice for like 20 minutes just because I felt like moving and I happened to have a babysitter. So I did a little bit and that was all I did in 10 days. But if it had been five years ago when I was in this place of feeling like I needed to do something every single day or my body would just like break down in some way. And it sounds so ridiculous when I say it now, but that's really what I felt like. I'm so grateful for this journey to be like, yeah, I moved a couple times when he was gone, but I had to take care of my kids and my business and myself. And so that's just kind of how it happened. And I think that's an important message for for moms and for anyone who's on this journey. Absolutely. And yeah, like during that time, uh, that phase where we just did not sleep in our house, it was more important to me to, you know, have time to make food, have time to rest when he rested, have time to play with my kids, those sorts of things. You know, now that he's sleeping and, um, I get out, I get out once a week to go to a spin class and I exercise with the kids at home. Like we do things now, but it's, it's just, it works for this phase of life, right? We kind of have to look at the whole picture, um, and instead of just kind of narrowing down on, that checklist that we think or maybe used to think is, you know, the definition of health for us. Yeah, I think leaning into the season that we're in is so important. And oh, man, just like so much compassion for you and him not sleeping for a year. Because I mean, recently, my daughter was just sick for a few days, like she just had a cold and she was up a few times a night. And that was so exhausting. So an entire year of not sleeping very much, I can, can't even imagine. So I'm glad that you're out of that phase now. <laughs> yeah, He's the best sleeper now, like we get like 11 hours a night. So it's awesome now. But it was a rough <laughs> first patch. Yeah, I'm sure a lot of moms can relate to that too, listening. There is hope. <laughs> oh, yeah. So speaking of your kids, how do you kind of practice in your own life? And I know they're still little now, but how do you practice now or how do you um, intend on practicing passing this mindset down to your kids of nourishing themselves, but in you know a really balanced way? Yes. Yeah, so the phase that we're in now is I've got some picky eaters on my hands. Um, but I, re- I mean, in our home, like my husband does not eat the same as me. So if someone were to look in our cupboards, we have a vast variety of foods. <laughs> I mean, we have all sorts of snack foods and convenience foods. And then we have, you know, bags of farro and just it's a whole big variety because my husband doesn't eat the same as me and I'm not about to force him to right he's an adult he can make his own decisions (laughs) so we have a lot of different foods in our home and there's nothing that's off limits to my kids so if you know dad's eating a little Debbie snack and my daughter wants one like sure have one it's not a big deal I think that making a big deal out of things like that um can backfire 
So we, I do try to, you know, make it not, you know, every meal or whatever. I'll say, oh, you can have one tomorrow for a snack or for a treat um, if we've already had, you know, some sugary things or, or whatever for the day. But for most meals, I'm really just trying right now to serve a variety of foods, um, even though they're only eating <laughs> select things off their plates, um, which is frustrating. <laughs> I I will say up and down. I am not a child feeding dietitian. It, it it frustrates me as much as it frustrates the next mom that my kids only eat peanut butter sandwiches and you know apple slices. But whatever, we're working on it. <laughs> it is a tough journey, and I've you know I have a six year old now, and we have she started out being the kid who ate absolutely everything and Mm -hmm. like she would eat things that I found weird like sardines and like she would eat absolutely everything for the first couple years of her life anything I put in front of her she would eat it there were very few things that she didn't enjoy and then she started getting a little bit more selective and then she kind of went back into eating pretty much anything and now she's back into like a little bit more of a selective phase now that she's in kindergarten and she sees foods that her friends are eating and I I try to create that balance when I, especially when I send her with lunch to school, she gets one day a week where she gets to get school lunch. Um, but just for budget sake, we just do that once a week. And then I send her with stuff. And every so often I'll give her, like this morning we had some um, mini cheesecakes from my mom's birthday. So I put a little mini cheesecake in there. So she has a little fun food in there along with her normal lunch. And I try to send a variety, but some days she eats it all. And some days all of the vegetables and all of the fruit come back. And I just need to take a deep breath and go, all right, it's fine. She's fine. It's what we do <laughs> over time that matters more than what we do sometimes. And it can be, it can be really frustrating. And then my two-year-old, well, She's a different story. She would live off of cheese, like, like actually live off of cheese if we let her. So, yeah, and I think that it's it's just kind of reminding ourselves as moms as we can offer, you know, offer variety, offer nourishing foods, offer the vegetables and the fruits and and all of that stuff, and and demonstrate that you're eating that stuff too. But also, I think it's important to. You know, if my daughter sits down for ice cream, to be able to share that with her, to be able to have, you know, an ice cream cone with her or to be able to, you know, enjoy treats with them as well, Um, because it's an experience as much as it is, you know, enjoying what you're eating. Yeah, absolutely. I love that. It is so much them just watching what we do. Like you said before, they notice and they see and they take in way more than we than we think they might. So right. yeah, just being that example. Yeah. So I want to shift gears a little bit because something I know that you've talked about in the past and something that you're passionate about and I think so many moms can resonate with is sharing simple ways that we can manage our stress as moms, whether it's in the kitchen or outside of the kitchen. So what is your advice for taking the pressure off, at least, you know, in the way of creating meals for our families or just kind of as as moms as a whole, especially, you know, being a working mom as well? How, how can we find ways to kind of stress less? Yeah, I think we put too much pressure on ourselves. Um, and I know that I do as well. Um, feeling like we have to have you know, elaborate home-cooked meals, following, you know, new recipes all the time or whatever. And 
honestly, if we take a step back and look at the big picture, if you're busy and if doing all of that is stressing you out, simplify things. Um, I know I, and this is recent too, right? Like I, I really help other moms deal with this, but this recently I had this conversation with my husband where I was like stressing out about what I was feeding the kids. I feed the kids so bad. And he looked at me and he just, are you kidding me, Kelsey? And I, you know, it just kind of had to make me take a step back. Like they eat vegetables, they eat fruits, like you're feeding them balanced meals. Why do you feel like that? And I think we just put so much, much pressure on ourselves, especially looking at social media, what we think other kids are eating, right? (laughs) Um, Other kids probably are maybe eating stuff like that one day and then not eating any of it the next. Like people share what they want to share. So I think that's something is just as moms take the pressure off, do the best you can. Um, make things simple, right? So dinner doesn't have to be something elaborate. It can be a microwavable bag of vegetables and, you know, chicken and rice or whatever with some sauce over it, something simple. It doesn't have to be complex and take a lot of time. Um, That's something that I'm very passionate about helping people realize is that we don't have to stress about it. It can be something easy and simple and still taste really good. Yeah, absolutely. I know that's something that I've struggled with as well, because I do. I have a culinary degree, and I don't cook like a chef at home. I'm just a mom. We eat a lot of tacos and, you know, simple meals, things Mm -hmm. like that. But I do feel the pressure of making recipes all the time. And I do recipe tasks because I I put recipes up in my blog a couple times a month. So I do that. And then I create recipes there. But, you know, like you said, being in the social media world, especially and seeing all these beautiful, elaborate recipes, and I do try a lot of them, which is really fun. But yeah, feeling that pressure of every single night having to have a new recipe or trying a new recipe. And I think it's important that we share that message that it's okay if it's really simple and there is no recipe at all (laughs) that taking that pressure off. Yeah. Absolutely. So something that you have been sharing more of, and as you know, I think I I had asked you to be on the podcast and then I was noticing more of these kind of posts popping up in your feed. And I was like, okay, I want, I want to talk to her about this because it's something I'm also really passionate about. I think we're very much on the same page is saving money and grocery budgeting. (laughs) Cause this is something I've been talking more about because I think along with that pressure of, you know, having to make these, you know, elaborate recipes or feeding our kids a certain way and that, you know, comparison comes in, we all have our own, you know, budgets and our own, you know, limits for when it comes to creating meals for our families. And I think that a lot of people really appreciate hearing that living and eating in a way that feels good can actually, you know, fit into your life. I mean, it obviously looks different for everyone, but I think sometimes it feels kind of elite to live the so-called healthy life. So Mm -hmm. I'm wondering if you could just share kind of some of your tried and true tips for food budgeting and creating meals on a budget for a family. Yes, absolutely. So I love talking about this. And I think, um, I come from, before I started my practice, I left a job where I was working with low-income elderly, and it was 
so eye-opening, the amount of money that some people had to spend on food and how um, little resources there were. So I, I spent about a year focusing my work as a dietitian on just helping people get food, not even worried about the health of food, just meeting that simple need of getting food. And so that kind of made me take a step back and see it as a need um, at one extreme. And I, you know, within my business now, it's kind of finding that middle ground, like people who have some resources where, you know, you have the internet, right? Where you can, you can see these things and, and maybe you have a grocery budget of, you know, 75 to a hundred dollars a week. Um, and, but you're really trying to stick in that budget and it can seem really hard to do while, you know, still eating fresh foods or still eating nutrient dense or, you know, quote unquote healthy foods. Right. Um, and so I, I love helping people kind of work through this and create some flexible meal plans that work with their budget, but also include flavorful and, um, healthful foods. So one of my very, very first and most important tips for people is to start in your own kitchen. So many times when we make a meal plan, we, you know, get our recipes and these are the things that we're going to make. And we, we don't even really look at what we already have. And that's a big mistake because we're going to end up wasting food that we have. We're going to end up wasting money, um, buying things that maybe we don't need. So starting before you even look up recipes in your own kitchen and taking inventory of what you have is probably the best thing that someone can do. Um, I have on my website a freebie that's a pantry meal plan or meal planning guide that kind of helps you go through, take the inventory, then create your meals in a shopping list. And once you have all that, it's much easier to kind of see what sort of recipes you can make from the food that you already have, um, you know, cutting down on the amount that you have to buy. Yeah, that's such a powerful exercise. We actually ended up doing something similar to that over the month of December because we realized that we were like spending way too much on our food budget and like going over our food budget every month. And a lot of it was me just wanting to create new recipes and try new things. But then December comes and it's Christmas. And so obviously we're, you know, spending some savings on Christmas presents and then, you know, we have all these holiday parties and things, so we didn't need as many meals. And we were like, all right, why don't we try to start by using what we have? And just doing that inventory, like, made me take a step back and go, oh, my gosh, there are so many people in this world that do not have access to half of the food that I have in my pantry right now. And mm -hmm. so I, I had to really, get, like, start to experiment and go, okay, I can use what I have on hand for so many meals or to start meals. So I think that's, that's really powerful. And that's probably a really great resource for them to start with. Yeah, absolutely. And that is, like, the very first thing that I would tell people to do is shop their kitchen. Um, and then when you're making your meals out of that, like, you can find some fancy recipes, but it doesn't have to be every meal like we talked. So you can make something simple out of what you have and maybe plan one or two like actual recipes that you're, you know, that you're using more ingredients for or actually creating something um, instead of having to do that every night. Yeah, definitely. So do you have any favorite like budget-friendly or pantry starter meals that you want to share with the listeners? 
Um, so all the recipes that I have on my website right now are somewhat budget friendly. I know that everyone has a different budget that they work with. Um, but most of them are under definitely under $10 a meal. Um, some of them under five and my snacks are generally pretty cheap too. Um, nothing's coming to mind on a particular one. (laughs) That's okay. They can go to your website and they can see a bunch of your recipes. It's so funny as you're saying that under $10 a meal is incredible. I used to teach, actually I still teach cooking classes, um, a couple times a month, not as much as I used to, but my goal is always like $10 per person. And, you know, and when you actually add that up, like that's, that's a lot of money for like, really, I mean, they're having like one portion of a meal or one portion of a couple different elements of a meal. If you were to really go out and like make all of these foods, it wouldn't necessarily be the most (laughs) budget friendly. So taking a step back and going, okay, I can probably do this for a little bit less with maybe some different ingredients or using what I already have. Um, So that's, yeah, that's powerful for me to think about like, oh, wow, you can make a full meal for a family for less than $10 a meal. It's and all my recipes, um, at least as of the last couple of weeks, have um, the cost breakdown on them. So the cost for the whole recipe and the cost per serving. Um, I have at the time of this recording next the next week, I'll have a um, Southwest chicken chili recipe coming out. Mm-hmm. And the whole recipe, it makes enough for at least six people. And the whole recipe cost me $7.30-ish. Oh, that's awesome. And it has, I mean, it has your protein, your carbs, you know, it's, it's a meal in of itself, maybe serve a little something extra with it, or your toppings were included. So if you were adding like cheese or sour cream or avocado, that wasn't included in the price breakdown. But I mean, that in and of itself is a meal. And so, you know, for six people, less than 10 bucks, that's, that's just kind of the recipes I like to put out there because it doesn't have to be crazy and it can still be healthy and it can still be super, super delicious. Yeah, it can be, it can be accessible. Yeah. I love that. Do you have any like grocery shopping tips maybe when, um, I know I didn't, I didn't ask you this before, but, um, I don't know if you have any grocery shopping tips when they are shopping on, you know, I know that everyone's budget is different, but maybe to keep their budget down a little bit when they're shopping for groceries, other than obviously you start with shopping kind of your own home (laughs) and then when they're actually at the grocery store. So one of my favorite things to do is to buy things in bulk when they're on sale. So I'll buy, um, recently I was at Meyer and they had chicken thighs on sale for like 88 cents a pound. That was an amazing price. So I bought a ton of chicken thighs and I took them home and I portioned them out in freezer bags and threw them in the freezer. So that's going to save me huge in the long run when, you know, the next week when the price is a dollar. 50 a pound. Um, and I already have a bunch in my freezer ready to go. So kind of looking out for sales on your big ticket items like that, um, can be really helpful and then portioning them in ways that you'll use them. Um, another thing that I like to include in my recipes, like I'm just going to talk about, since I just wrote this recipe, it's fresh in my head, but the, um, Southwest chicken chili one that I have coming up, it uses, um, chipotle peppers and adobo sauce. And only a couple teaspoons though. And you can't get a couple teaspoons of that. You get a whole can, right? Like a, I don't know, eight ounce can or something is what they sell them in. So having, I have like a tip of taking that, you know, breaking it down and 
freezing it on parchment paper in like tablespoon portions. So, you know, putting a tablespoon dollops on some parchment paper in a sheet pan, freezing it, and then taking those and putting them in a freezer bag so that anytime you need like a small portion, a couple of teaspoons, a tablespoon of chipotle peppers and dough, you have a freezer bag full of individual portions. Um, that tip works really good with tomato paste because no one ever uses a whole can of tomato <laughs> so paste. It's so true. <laughs> it drives me insane. So yes, I do that with tomato paste as well. I'll freeze them in like one to two tablespoon portions on a sheet pan and then throw them in a bag. And then you can just take it out and microwave it when you need a tablespoon or two. So so many of those types of things, we end up wasting money, but you can save them and use them and have them available. Yeah, I love that tip because I, well, I will tell you, like, perfectly honest, because I do teach cooking classes and a lot of the leftovers end up coming home to my house, like I'll buy them specifically for the class and then I will have like half a can of tomato paste or something like that. And I'll try and use them in recipes the next week. But if I don't, they end up going bad. And that is something I'm becoming more conscious about is wasting both in you know the fact that we're wasting food but also wasting money so i love that you have a way to save those and be able to to use that yeah because you know, the tomato paste thing just drives me crazy and they do sell them in the two tablespoon portions but they're so expensive mm. so yeah so you can just do it yourself buy a big can of it and freeze it on your freezer pan so just things like that add up over the long run um and can be really helpful just so you always have it available and you're not wasting the food. Yeah, totally. Oh, I love that. Such good tips. <laughs> I think the listeners are going to are going to love those tips because I I don't know many people who, you know, grocery budget isn't a thing at all for them. I think no matter where we are in life or what our budget is, I think it's something that we're all we're all conscious about. So, yeah, that's huge. Absolutely. So, Kind of circling back to where we started and talking about your, you know, your journey from, you know, working as a dietitian outside the home to then starting your private practice and now what you're doing um, with Simply Nourished Home and, and you know, helping, I was going to say moms, but it's everyone, you know, helping everyone really find nourishment in this, in this non-diet balanced way. How do you maintain your own balance in your life while you are building this incredible business and raising your little ones at home? Oh, it has been a journey trying to figure out how to do that. That is for sure. <laughs> um, especially when you work from home, there's always something to be done and it's always right there. It was always so easy to walk away from work when my work was somewhere else, but now it's you know, always trying to post something on Instagram stories or check my email or, you know, make Pinterest images when I'm watching to you with my husband. Just there's always a million things to do. So recently, and this is kind of recent in the new year, I have made sort of a pact with myself. Like these are my working hours. And I'm super fortunate because um, I do get to send my kids to daycare a few days a week so that I can focus on what I'm doing. And I just have to tell myself to use that time wisely. This is my time. And outside of that time, unless I'm, you know, alone and bored and I have nothing else to do, um, I have other responsibilities. And it's it's just really setting that boundary um, because it can totally overtake your life, especially when it's something that you love to do. Like, I love my business. And so it's it's easy to just, like, let it overtake everything. Um, and so it has 
been a, a journey t- to get myself to that point where I'm getting better at setting those boundaries. Yeah, I think boundaries are so huge. <laughs> we're navigating that in our own family too. My husband just started working from home as well. So we're like balancing our time and trying to figure out when our off times are too so we can actually see each other and also spend that intentional time with the kids. So I think that's that's a really it's a really great message. Mhm. So we're kind of getting towards the end here. Um, and because I love to share food in a way that is joyful, and I think that you are on the same page with that, and because I am a foodie at heart, I have three final sort of rapid-fire questions that I ask all of my guests. So if you're willing, I'd like to, I'd like to ask you those. Okay. So the first question is, what is your favorite thing to cook? Hmm. Um, okay. So I used to love elaborate meals. Like I used to love to like make everything look pretty. And now I find a lot of joy in cooking anything that's like a one pot meal or a sheet pan dinner. Mm -hmm. (laughs) That is, yeah, that's my jam. The least amount of dishes possible. That's the better dinner. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. So much easier, especially when there's less cleanup. I love it. So then what is your favorite thing to order if you're going out to eat or have someone else cook for you? Um, Hands down would be an omelet. Mm, Omelets are so good. (laughs) Yeah, I'm going to throw a shout out to a local restaurant. Um, My hometown showboat restaurant has the best omelets I have ever had. Like, I cannot go there and not get an omelet. So, but I can't make one at home to save my life. It's hard. That was the first thing that we learned in culinary school. Like we learned eggs first thing. And I was very surprised. Like I expected us to learn, I think we might have learned knife skills first, but it was like one of the first couple of things we learned. And it was way harder than I thought. I'm like, well, everyone knows how to scramble an egg and make an omelet. But no, <laughs> it's really complicated. And when they when you can find a place that'll do it right. Oh, my gosh. So good. <laughs> mm-hmm. Do you have a favorite like filling for the omelet or do you just like it nice oh, and that- simple? A garden omelet. Mm, So good. So we talk a lot on the podcast about finding what I love to call your beautiful balance, as this is the Healthy Balance Mama podcast. So it's really about going beyond obsessing over food and finding nourishment and pleasure in food and in life. So what does your beautiful balance mean to you? Uh, My beautiful balance would be finding how to spend my time um, in a way that works for my life in the moment. Um, We talked about kind of each phase of life, things being different. And, and I think the beautiful balance is like spending time for me right now is, you know, spending time prepping food and, you know, having snacks and foods on hand um, so that I can feel good and have energy to play with my kids and, you know, not feel stressed about having to get things ready for them when they get home. Um, and it's just, yeah, trying to figure out how to spend my time in a way that, that works for each phase, which seems like it's always changing. Yeah, I love that. It comes back to those seasons and kind of leading into where you are and, and doing your best in that season to find that balance. I love that. Mm-hmm. So could you share where my listeners can find you and what's on the horizon for Simply Nourished Home? Yes. So, okay. So 
Um, you can find me at my website, www.simplynourishedhome.com. Um, on Instagram, I'm pretty active, simply.nourished.home. Um, I love interacting in my stories. So find me on there, send me a DM and let me know that you heard me on the podcast. I would absolutely love that. And, you know, Simply Nourished Home, I'm, I'm really working on building my blog, um, connecting with brands that have that same philosophy as I do, um, that, you know, you can eat well with, you know, without spending, you know, so much money or stressing so much about it. Um, I'm right now I'm working on an ebook where I'm going to talk all about, um, how to flexible meal plan and make that work for your family as well as, um, quite a few new recipes um, that will be budget friendly and quick and easy to do that it will be exclusive to the ebook. So awesome. Oh, so great. Such a great place for the listener to go to after you've given so many awesome tips. So thank you so much, Kelsey, for sharing all of that, both your journey and then, you know, right down to tips on not even down right up to tips on, you know, grocery <laughs> budgeting and, and finding balance. So thank you so yeah. much. Thank you so much. It was so fun. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Healthy Balance Mama podcast. If you loved it, would you take a screenshot and share it with a friend over on Instagram and tag me in it? It helps me so much to know what you love and are taking away from each episode. If you really loved it, would you hop over to iTunes and give me a star rating and review? Every rating and review helps this podcast be seen and heard by more women who need to hear the message of balance and wellness without deprivation. It's the best free gift you could give me. And as a reminder, the information and opinions on this podcast are meant for education and inspiration only and are not to be taken as medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Please consult with a trusted practitioner before making any changes. Have a beautiful day, friend, and I'll see you in the next episode.